What we do here is go back, 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 back. Hello and welcome to this podcast is delicious. Marco and I look at each other and we just we laugh. We gotta laugh. Listen, we gotta laugh. If you can't laugh about what you're gonna put in your gullet, what can you laugh about? Yeah. Uh, also, I'm Ali Hassan, and that's Marco Timpano. Indeed. Marco, behind you, there's a suit hanging. Is that just to intimidate people? What, what yeah, is that? Is a little bit, suit? you know. I like to have, I always like to have a pressed suit nearby for emergency. You know, <laughs> what would you know superheroes wear capes. I yeah. put on a three-piece suit, and I'm ready to go. Uh, behind you, I notice a whole array of clothes. You're, that's my. That's my. I did, yeah, now you're pulling back the curtain too far here. But yeah, yeah we're, in this sausage factory, yeah. uh, my wife's clothes are behind me because I sit in a closet to absorb the sound, and it's good. Is that why you're doing it? Are you trying to absorb sound? Because you no, already no. have a studio that absorbs sound. You're in a yeah, no, it's studio. just there. It's just there because I I had a corporate gig, so I had to wear that. But I do want to say this. You, I was saying this before we went on the air. Ali Hassan is the type of person who's really a fashion chameleon. You put on elegant finery, Italian suits, nice shirts, and the man looks elegant, the perfect host. You put him in casual clothes. He looks like someone on a bottling line. You put him, you know, put a, a, a gray beard on him and, and get him in front of a camera. He can play your grandfather. He can pay, play your lover. He can play a doctor. He can play whatever you want. This man is a fashion chameleon. That's all I'm going to say. I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm going with it. And you know what? I'm going to dress up more often just so I get that spectrum. I haven't been, uh, I haven't been putting on the nice clothes as often as I like. I'll yeah, but it. you can, you can pull things off that, you know, mere mortals can't pour, pull off with your, Oof, with your, with your clothes. No, no, it's true. <laughs> your glasses. Sometimes you wear those track suits and you look cool. I mean, a man your age should not look cool in a tracksuit anymore. A man I'm my sorry. age should not look cool in a tracksuit. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> this is not, that's very true. Uh, I don't know if I look cool, but I appreciate it. We are, um, I, I I don't actually know what you're doing. I told you what we're doing yeah. as, a, as in what I'm doing today. And it has a lot to do with looking and feeling good in, in my yeah. estimation as well. The date that we're releasing this is, uh, is, is well, Summer is close. It's yep. around the corner. For some of you, you live in a, you know great climates all year round. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't always call for this type of uh, eating. I want to talk about salads. I want to talk about salads. Two things. I want to talk about, number one, my goal to dismantle the salad, dre- salad dressing industry completely. Okay. That's like a personal yep. you know, a vendetta I have against mm-hmm. them. And second swimwear and seasons around the corner, right? Is that it? And I've got uh, a bikini wax that you make at home that right. you can. No, I don't have one of those. Uh, and second is just my love for salads. Period. Right. And, and nice. in in my estimation, I'm going to say twelve years minimum. I have not bought a salad dressing. Beautiful. So I want to tell you, if you're buying salad salad dressings, you just don't need to do that. Not only that. But the majority of salad dressings, you turn them around, they have anywhere from 10 to 15 ingredients. Many you can't pronounce. Many yeah. you don't know the purpose of it. There's just no need. You are already eating a salad. You're already re- eating something sure. that's hopefully good for you and nutritious. You are effectively uh, cutting into that nutrition with your standard processed salad dressing. So Also, also from a cost yeah, yeah, perspective, right? From a cost perspective. Oh, yeah, of course. Right. Is there like, you know, some people are like, oh, there's a convenience of buying it, you know, but but from a cost perspective, isn't it cheaper to make your own salad dressing? 
A hundred percent. Yeah. Because you're buying a massive bottle of olive oil. Right. You can have one olive oil that you use for cooking. You can buy a better quality olive sure. oil, something in the $20, $30 range, uh, still going to be cheaper down the, you know, you're yeah. making, you're making a salad dressings by the tablespoon or tablespoons, right? right. You're, of course it's going to be cheaper. Uh, I'm a big proponent of a uh, of fresh citrus. You don't have it. Well, there's apple cider vinegar, sure. there's balsamic vinegar, there's red wine vinegar, rice wine vinegars, right? So you're, of course, no matter what you do, no matter which salad dressing you buy, you are always saving money. And you are saving, um, you know, so this is good stuff for your health. So I'm going to tell you the most basic salad dressing. This is a base. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, well, there's more basic than than basic. But the most sure. basic is an oil and an, and an acid of some kind, right? Okay. So you could have like this classic Italian kind of balsamic vinegar, olive oil. Sure. That's a, that's a classic. That's, yep. that's not the classic. I need to elevate that classic. You can have quite simply uh, apple cider vinegar, which is very good when you buy the high quality stuff, right. very good for you, and an olive oil, and that's it. Um, I'm going to fixate on olive oil, and I'll tell you it. why, because all the other oils right now, there's are so garbage. many of them that are really, they are garbage, man. They are garbage. I was going to say they're very contentious. People right. are like, no, but what's wrong with canola oil? Right, so, right. Any hyper-processed oil. And right now, canola oil, yep. sunflower, safflower, mm-hmm. these are these are in the sites. People, these are not not to be used. You know, okay. there are arguments to be made for avocado, sure, maybe walnut oil, but sure. these very highly processed oils, uh, vegetable oils, just stay away from them. I would say stay away from them as much as you can. This is what the literature and the research is suggesting right now. Um, I'm sure there's some olive olive oils that are not as good, but in oh, general, sure. right? Oh, for so, sure, yeah. that you want to get a good quality olive oil, and 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 Italians are the worst at sending over garbage olive oil here to this country, and they cut it with a bunch of different oils: saffron, canola, or um, sunflower, canola, vegetable oils, calling it pure uh, Italian olive oil. Mm. So I'm really hesitant with that, and I'm Italian. I'll be the first to say they can be bastards. So. I like a good oil from Israel, California. Uh, generally speaking, they're not tampering with it. Or I, if I buy my olive oil from Costco, I know they have a very high standard of what they what, what they will keep on their shelves. And if it says extra virgin olive oil, it will be. So so that's that's the, about the only time when I buy Italian olive oil. It's at Costco or from a purveyor that I know and I trust. That's all I'm going to say. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I mean, big, big news. Big yeah. news. Did not realize that. Yeah. Did not yep. realize that. It's refreshing to hear you talk a little bit. Real, real talk about the real Italians. Talk. Listen, finally. yeah, I know that they're bastards. They'll cut that oil, man. They'll make their profits. They'll send it here. They'll eat the good stuff back home. But the send yeah. this, and I have a problem with that. I bet you do, and yeah. you should. Yeah, my basic olive oil. Yeah, okay, my basic salad dressing. Yeah. I should say my basic salad dressing. A little bit of olive oil. Yes. Uh, match the percentage. Match the ratio with lemon juice. Equal parts, you're saying? Equal yeah, parts? equal parts. So oh, okay. I say okay. two two tablespoons olive oil, two tablespoons, maybe a little bit shyer on the okay. on the acid. Um, one garlic clove, smashed. Love it. And um, you know, basically mashed into a puree. Yeah. Right. So you smash it, you mince it, and then you run the blade of the of the uh, of the knife back and forth on it to mash it, and then. A half a teaspoon of Dijon mustard. Nice. A little bit of salt, 
And that's it. That's all you really need. That's all you really need. A basic, terrific salad dressing. Mm -hmm. Nobody's ever complained about it. Now, once you have that, you can add to it. Okay. But that salad dressing right there will light up just simple greens. Yes. Right. You want to, you, you want to have a nice, uh, a, a very, it's a nice compliment to kale. Let the kale sit for a while, right. break down a little bit. It's very fibrous, uh, salad greens. Another great place to use that is, um, with asparagus or green beans, yes. green peas. That's amazing. Very nice compliment to stuff. That's a little bit bitter and sharp, like radish, like arugula. That's your dressing. Great. We have a Dijon that we pretty much use for nothing else. Okay. It's a good quality Dijon. It's this French brand that we just dip in the the, the little teaspoon for the salad dressings. That's pretty much it. Wow. It's good quality. We have an olive oil that's good quality. And besides that, lemons are coming in the house. And when they're not there, there are, as I mentioned, a few different um, uh, you know, vinegars that you can use right. in a pinch. So- that's my first suggestion always to have that okay. on hand. You can put it in a mason jar. It'll last a few days. Right. Shake it. You know, it'll, sure. it'll harden in the fridge. So you take it out a little bit ahead, a half an hour before you're making your salad dressing, shake it around. You're back in business, right? I After three, it. four days, it's uh, it doesn't taste as fresh. Uh, so don't make tons, yeah. but yeah, you're, you're making, I mean, I, I cannot speak highly enough about this and I cannot speak highly enough about getting rid of every single salad dressing in your home. Now, some people are like, but I like my poppy seed dressing. Yeah, I, I like my poppy seed dressing. Then learn how to make it yourself. Right. Here's so my tip. Okay. Yes. So now you might say, oh my God, Marco, like you got to draw the line at cost savings at some place, right? But when I get bagels, I love a poppy seed bagels, right? Let's say I get six, six uh, poppy seed ba- bagels, half a dozen in the bag. There's so many poppy seeds that fall off that bagel. I take those poppy seeds. I love seeds where this is and, going. And, 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 and sesame seeds too, but generally speaking, poppy seeds is what I get. And I put them in a little jar, a little tiny jar, and yeah. I keep my poppy seeds there. So when I need poppy seeds, they're there for me. I don't go and buy poppy seeds. I use what's in the bottom of the bag from, uh, from my bagels. Yeah. You sound like a guy who grew up in the Great Depression right now, but you know what? That's okay. No, you know, but you're influenced by people who did. And, and that's all jokes aside, that is the beauty of food. That is the beauty of food. And when people are wasteful of food, number one, you know, that costs you money. But number two, that animal died. People worked hard on that product. There's effort that went into it. Honor that. Honor that, right? Respect the food that you're eating, and 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 finally, uh, it's now we're talking about convenience. Yeah, right. Now you're like, oh god, I got to go out and get poppy seeds for this recipe. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I've had these lying around for quite some time. You know, I'm always collecting these, and there's a hundred of uh, hundreds of examples like that, and I love it. That's that's really great. And and getting back to the poppy seed dressing, yeah. which you love. I'm going to tell you there is no dressing that you like that you can't make at home. Okay. Ranch might be tough. Sure. Blue cheese might be a little more effort to to replicate what you, but it is absolutely horrifyingly bad for you. So don't worry about that. Don't worry too much about that. Right. You get ranch in the house. Here's what happens. We don't, we don't have ranch dressing. We have like a ranch dip that comes with pizza. Right. As soon as somebody goes, can I have ranch? I go, fine. Can we have a second ranch? And then they're dipping their vegetables in ranch. And this, and now you're like, hey, 
I just spent five bucks on this bag of organic carrots. We have celery hearts. We have good quality peppers. And everybody's reaching for this garbage ranch dressing. And we bought into this like as though we need it. The vegetables are the good thing. That's the good thing. That's right. And if you're buying trashy vegetables, go for a hummus or something. Don't go for ranch dressing. Anyway, it's all the enemy. Now, second thing I'm going to talk about. Okay. uh, One of my favorite things, a way to elevate this dressing and uh, and and make it really one of the most um, part of the what greatest dishes. Like this is a dish I would just serve you this dish, buddy. Okay. And it is a niçoise salad. Do you okay. know what a niçoise salad is? I, I see it on menus. I feel like I know what it is. It has egg in it, if I'm not mistaken. It's got it, like, does. it has a whole bunch of things. It's a lovely, refreshing, filling salad. A lot of people think exactly. salad is only like an accompaniment, whatnot. But I've always, if I want something salad, if I want something to fill me up, that's the salad to go for. It's like we wrote this together, right? Because I I, I deliberately started with greens, arugula, kale, and I'm starting with the world of a side salad. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking about a filling salad. And this is one of my favorites on a summer day. So your classic niçoise salad will have potatoes. Yes. Okay. So there's some work that goes in here. You're boiling, you're boiling potatoes and you're flash boiling, uh, green beans. Okay. Right. You're also making eggs. You're boiling, you're hard boiling some eggs. I go medium boiled. Um, either your red onions would be marinated a little bit or not. Tuna could be fresh tuna, could be canned tuna. You've got olives, black olives typically, and you've got capers. And then fresh tomatoes. Okay. So let's go through the list again. Potatoes, tomatoes, black olives, tuna, capers, red onions, hard boiled egg, and then green beans. I mean, and and all of that on some uh, type of, you know, uh, mescaline greens or even romaine would work. Uh, Boston, you know, bib lettuce is fantastic here. And um, God, my mouth is watering. It's crazy. And, And in this... You make the dressing that I mentioned. Okay. All right. Which is that, you know, olive oil, lemon juice, garlic, and Dijon. And then if you if you are so inclined, yes. and I am, okay. you smash a fillet of anchovy. Oh. You mash an anchovy okay. fillet into there. You can also add some black pepper into your dressing now. You already have the salt. And uh and and now you've got a really really tasty dressing on a really delicious salad with a bit of and zing from that, that from small, that you got yeah. some zing and when you're talking about the anchovy you're basically doing what you said about the uh, garlic with earlier the garlic. you're just exactly you're right. just beating it like you're mashing it like it owes you money until it's yes. a taste right okay yeah yeah you're gonna pay anchovy yep. and uh, so now you're in the Caesar salad territory a little bit not quite but you've got that same you know slightly fishy taste to sure. the uh, to the uh, dressing complements the fish that's already in your salad. It's, it's fresh. It's um, creamy. It's got the tang, um, the saltiness from the capers and the um, and the black olives. Uh, and typically, you have a few fresh lemons on the side. And this right. thing is scalable. So if it's just you and me, we have a smaller version. If it's like eight people coming for a lunch, you got a massive platter of it. And it, it's a beautiful presentation right out of the gate. And uh, yeah, as long as nobody's got problems with eggs and tuna, you're in a you're in yeah. good shape. You you're know? good. So, yeah. uh, really, one of my favorite salads. 
And then I'm going to talk about another salad that is, we're going back to the accompaniment at, at this point. Okay. But it is a Haitian coleslaw. And some people might be filling in the blanks right now. It is called pickles. Okay. And pickles. So I don't know the salad. I do not know the salad. So I'm really excited here. It's one of my favorite coleslaws. In fact, once you start having it and enjoying it, other coleslaws really, I mean, like other coleslaws would have to talk to pickles and be like, hey, can you tone it down a notch? You're making us look real bad. Okay. Right. So. Other West Indian coleslaws are very mayo-heavy. Sure. The ones that aren't mayo-heavy are a little bit sweeter, you know, because they are meant to um, complement what might be spicy food already. Haitian food, from what I've experienced, not super spicy as a food, but the pickles, this coleslaw, is very spicy. Okay. And so it's an incredible condiment. So you're making it, you're making it the, a similar way to how you'd make a uh, a standard uh, coleslaw, you are put. You know, you need the cabbage. Yeah, you can have carrots, uh, typically shallots as well. Uh, I've seen onion and uh, and green onion for for a little bit of green. Then you are going to have either uh, all lime juice, okay, or uh, a mix of lime juice and white vinegar, or um, these, these oranges that are, um, that, that, that basically taste like limes. You find these in West Indian grocery, okay. uh, grocery stores. All right. They look like oranges, but they are like little oranges, but they're very sort of lime tasting. That's probably one of the freshest things you can do. And but we don't know the name of that, that orange, right? No, I'm going to find out what Fend that is. Fend for yourself, folks. Go into your yeah. grocery store and say, I need an orange that tastes like a lime. See what they say to you. In a West Indian grocery store, you just <laughs> might find it. Uh, and then finally, what you're doing is uh, scotch bonnet peppers. Oh, there right? you go. Habaneros or scotch bonnet. You want it very spicy. You keep the, um, you keep the uh, seeds in. You don't take the seeds out. Right. But that has and- to be there. That's what this is. If your pickle is, is not spicy... It's God forbid least, right? you've invited somebody who's had it before. God forbid you have Asian, uh, Haitians in your home. They will be very angry at you, uh, and and rightfully so. And pickles lasts a long time. Uh, it's uh, the pickles suggests pickling. It's right. You know this. It's it's your standard cabbage, carrot, but it's a chili laced pickle, and it's uh, you can put that for for weeks. In in the I mean it wouldn't last weeks in my house, but you can put that in weeks in the in the in the fridge. Sure, absolutely fantastic. It is you serve it with rice and beans. It'll it'll jazz up just a standard pedestrian rice and beans. You could have it on the side of uh, you know roast chicken, any meats or fish. If you're ever putting something in a pita, let's say whether yeah. it's falafel, whether it's grilled chicken, and you're putting that in a in a pita. I would say, oh my God, my mouth. You, I would say, you put in some greens and you put in some pickles, and you don't need cheese, you don't need mayo, you don't need any of those things. You got this fresh, spicy journey that you go on that I, uh, I really, really like. So I thought I would mention that. Uh, spelt P I K L I Z. If anybody wants to look that up, okay. Many variations on it. The standard is cabbage and carrot have to be there. Sure. Lime juice and or vinegar have to be there. Okay. Um, and then, uh, often onions and then always, uh, always got to have those scotch bonnets. Yeah. Do not touch your eyes without washing your hands. If you're hot peppers or other gloves, glove it up, glove it up at the, at the house. Yeah. Glove it up. 
Rules for life. I had sent you yes. this idea that I'm going to talk about my favorite salads or a couple of my favorite salads as a celebration of summer. I put that to you uh, so that you would uh, come back to us with some beverages that, okay. that also sing summertime, Mark. I love it. Summer, we can see it in the horizon. Summer yes. is near, right? I'm going to talk. It's wine time. I'm going to talk about the unpretentious pretentious wine. All right. It's un, it's an unpretentious wine, but people have a lot of pretense around this wine. I'm pointing my finger at you, Ali. Today I talk Pinot Grigio. Okay. I mean, I don't I know. think I have. You've I maligned have it many times on this show. <laughs> many times. I don't, I don't know if that's even true. I would oh. challenge you to find the, uh, the I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say Laurel, if you're listening, uh, let us know. All right. All right. So, Pinot Grigio. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people have heard about this wine. People have ordered it. They don't, you know, and they're like, I I know it because it's in the ether, but I don't know this wine. So here we go. Here's a little one-on-one on on Pinot Grigio. Pinot Grigio, if you're not aware, is a dry white wine from Italy. That's a perfect beginner wine for beginner drinkers in in the wine field. Oh, perhaps that's why I've maligned it because my palate is so sophisticated that I don't do beginner. You know what? I don't even know if I have, I have maligned Chardonnay because nope. it's one of the blandest things on the okay. menu, but Pinot Grigio, I've tasted some good Pinot Grigios right. out there. Fair enough. Okay. So here's the thing. It's great for beginner wine drinkers, but it's also great for anyone. It's light bodied with notes of lemon, lime, and occasionally like some stone fruits, like think peaches and apricots and things like that, right? It also goes well with salads. That's why I wanted to bring Pinot Grigio to the table here today. Okay. So the reason that Pinot Grigio is a great starter wine is because it's pretty simple, Ali. You know, like I said, the fruit tones, the citrus tones, that's pretty much it. It's a simple wine. You can easily drink this wine on its own, and it's usually not expensive. So the price point is great for people who are like, I want to start trying wines. I want to start buying wines, but I don't know where to start. With whites, I say start with the Pinot Grigio. However, even though this wine is simple, it's uncomplicated. To me, there's a sophistication in the fact that it's not complicated because you can't hide anything with this wine, right? The winemaker winemaker either knows what they're doing or they don't. It's a simple wine, and so you can really taste you can really taste uh, a freshness with it, right? I love a, I love a Pinot Grigio. I love a cold Pinot Grigio on a hot day. So here it's important to mention that um, the Pinot Grigio and the Pinot Gris are made from the same type of grape. The reason they have different names comes with the location. Pinot Grigio is an Italian wine. Pinot Gris is from France. Gris and Grigio both mean gray. And that color gray is referring to the grapes, which are a grayish kind of blue. You know, when you think of white wine grapes, you think, you know, that green color, that really light green color. But these are kind of grayish blue. Although I will say Pinot Grigio grapes can be pink to black, brownish pink. Uh, But generally speaking, we talk about Pinot Grigio as a gray grape. Now, the flavor of Pinot Grigio depends largely on the region it's grown. Italian Pinot Grigio is dry and a little more acidic than a California Pinot Grigio. One of the beautiful things about Pinot Grigio is that it can grow just about everywhere in the world. So you've got some great New Zealand Pinot Grigios. You've got some great ones from California. You've got, of course, the Pinot Gris from France, Germany, Australia. Pinot Grigio is everywhere. 
Just to back up there, Pinot Gris is uh, what they call it in France, or you can have Pinot Gris that are outside of France as well? I'm going to get to that because this is where wine gets a little bit confusing, okay? But where I mentioned that the Italian Pinot Grigio is dry and more acidic, the California Pinot Grigio is a lighter-bodied and crisp-style wine, whereas the one from Oregon uh, is fruity and medium-bodied. So there's a Pinot Grigio for anyone's taste, in my opinion. So let's just look a little bit. I'm just going to delve a little bit into the grape varietal. Pinot Gris, Pinot Grigio, and forgive my pronunciation, but the Grau Burgunder are white wine grapes from the species Vitis vinifera. My Latin's not great either, so just deal with it. This is thought to be a mutant clone of the Pinot Noir variety. Pinot Noir being a red wine, it's from the same kind of grape, okay? So I'm going to just leave it there. We don't need too much more history with regards to that. But I will say this. A Pinot Grigio is slightly different than a Pinot Gris. So the Pinot Grigio is a lighter bodied, crisp, clean, and vibrant wine with citrus flavors. Whereas a Pinot Gris, once again, same grape varietal grown in different places, going to have a different kind of feel to it. If you're looking at a Pinot Gris, it's French. It's sweet. And has a spicy tropical fruit aroma. It generally has a lower uh, acidity rate and is higher in alcohol levels. Its texture is a little more rich. So there's a purpose. If you want to get a little more loaded. Yep. If you like a sweeter wine. Yep. If you like uh, an acidic, it's it's, it's low. No, it's uh, the French is lower in acidic. Yeah, a less acidic wine yep. on the on the tongue. You would taste that. Yep. Yeah, uh, then you go Pinot Gris. Okay, interesting. Yep. I yep. would I would always go for probably Grigio just because I like less sweet. Yep. Here's another great thing about Pinot Grigio. It's best drunk when it's young. It should be drunk with, it makes it, it gets to market four to 12 weeks after fermentation and usually needs to be consumed without much, without much aging. Okay. There's no aging here. Okay. Yeah. No, no aging there. There is an exception to every rule. If you get an Alsatian Pinot Grigio, which would probably be a Pinot Gris, it can be kept from five to 10 years, but let's just put that aside and just look at the Pinot Grigio because that's what we're focusing on today. It's best served cold, about 10 degrees Celsius or 45 to 49 degrees Fahrenheit. My advice, if you have a bottle, keep it in the coldest part of your fridge. Take it out, pour it cold and crisp. It's going to warm up a bit once it's in the glass and you're drinking it. But I like it when it's cold. The colder for me, the better it is. Now, Pinot Grigio and food. This is where it gets really interesting. For me, Pinot Grigio is the perfect casual wine with casual food. So, you know, uncomplicated foods, you could have it with popcorn. You could have it with just French fries. You could have it with, I always see it as a perfect wine for an antipasto that you may be having because of its lightness. Pinot Grigio is an excellent choice to pair with simple dishes. It adds a much needed richness, uh, without overpowering them, uh, in a way that Chardonnay, which you're not a big fan of can do. Uh, so Pinot Grigio is great with salty snacks, Salty crackers, salty potato chips, oysters. You're at a bar eating peanuts and you don't feel like having a beer, have a Pinot Grigio. Uh, It pairs well with seafood. And why it came here to the table today, it goes great with salads. Okay. Now, I'm going to give you the top five pairings for Pinot Grigio. 
Like I said, antipasto, especially seafood and vegetable-based ones like a seafood salad or uh, like a marinated fish, like an octopus, let's say, right? Okay. Fried fish or veg- uh, or like a frito misto, you know, where the Italians fry a bunch of fish or um, Filipinos like to do a fried uh, fish dish or even fish and chips. If you're like, what do I drink with fish and chips? I'm, sta- I'm not going to have a beer with that. Go with the Pinot Grigio. Wow. All right. Light pasta sauces, um, like a like a fresh tomato sauce or a clam sauce. Um, th- think think in those terms. Even though this isn't a light pasta sauce, a carbonara, which is a simple pasta dish, goes well with a Pinot Grigio. Or I should say Pinot Grigio goes well with it. Now, I'm going to say vegetable-based risotto. So light rice dishes or risotto dishes like a primavera with spring vegetables. It is spring now. Perfect thing to have, or like with asparagus or the classic friulan dish, <clears throat> risi e bisi, which is a risotto with peas. And just to add a curveball here, I mentioned seafood dishes, I mentioned casual food. This is a pairing you might not see coming, but once you've had it, you'll see nothing but this sushi and pinot grigio. Hmm. There you go. I dropped the mic with that. Sushi you and Pinot Grigio. <laughs> well, you know what? Three of your uh, five yeah. have seafood in them, right? You yes. said um, antipasto, especially with seafood. You sure. said um, frito, uh, frito misto. What was yeah. that? Yep. Uh, yeah, frito yep. misto. And then you said sushi. So from my from for my money, this is probably the best drink to go with a salad niçoise as well. You also said salty things are yep. great. This has salty capers and black olives in it. You also said primavera, and this has the green beans and the salad and the fresh tomatoes. Dude, I mean, it's like a match made in heaven from everything you've said. My salad niçoise has found a very good friend. Yeah, and here's a great tip. You know how sometimes you join friends for dinner, but you've already eaten and you want to have a little something, but you don't want to have a whole meal. Does that ever happen to you where you're like, I'll join you for something, blah, blah. They're still eating. You don't want to have a coffee. You don't want to be that person who says, just give me just give me a, a, a soda water with with a, with a lime. You don't want to be that person Michael, in a restaurant. Has it, ever, has it ever happened that I don't eat a second dinner? No, no, okay, it's never well, happened. It's part of my problem. No, I've... Uh, it's never happened. I've heard of people in these situations, though. Well, I've, I've, I've heard stories, yeah. If you can exercise restraint and you're in one of these situations, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, order the fries and a Pinot Grigio. Wow. That is a combination okay. you will not regret. Interesting. There you go. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I, I like it especially because I have been searching for a beer substitute. I love beer way too much. Uh, mm-hmm. We've said it on this podcast. Beer doesn't last in the house. It's gone almost as quickly as it came in. Whereas we can have a tequila bottle, a bottle of red wine, really? things I enjoy, yeah. but yeah. not, not, they're not, they, they can stay. I won't get back into them for a sure. while. White wine, you know, as you say, coldest part of the fridge. Yeah. Uh, we've had to throw away wines. If you no. believe that, we've been like, oh, we got, we forgot about our wine here. It's been in here for like four weeks or whatever. That's when you use it for salad dressing. At that point, it's vinegar. Like my, my family always yeah. used their homemade wine. When it went off, it became part of the salad dressing. Good or bad, that's what we did. Where was this passion when I was talking about salad dressing? I didn't want to interrupt your flow, you know. 
All right. Um, but yeah, and, and beer, you know, I've got, uh, allegedly I have gout, oh, no flare ups oh, yet, but, but apparently numbers wise, I have gout. The Although, rich man's disease, the rich, rich man's, man's disease. disease, right? Yeah. Except for beer, beer could not be more pedestrian, rich man's disease. Give me scotch for the, anyway, uh, my, as we've talked about, you know, my buddy Asif and I do this podcast, doctor versus comedian and Great our latest podcast. episode is about gout. Yeah. And Asif disagrees that I have gout. I said, really? well, no, the doctor saw the numbers and he goes, you have gout. And, and Asif said it, it is uh, a little bit contentious of an issue, but he goes, I don't believe in my medical opinion, you cannot say somebody has gout until there's the actual crystallizing around the joints. All right. Let that. me, let me, let me. Let me one up this doctor. Let me ask you a couple of questions and I'll tell you if yeah. you have gout. Yeah. Does it hurt in the joints of your foot when you walk? Uh, my heels get very, very tender sometimes. Okay. Tender it's doesn't not, tell it's me. Not, no, it's not what the gout, what gout is explained as like where a bed sheet on your toe would be pain. Like it's right. just excruciating. Never had that. You have a little a little kink in your walk, it sounds like. You're fine. Walk that shit off, my friend. It's not gout. Wow. He's right. Wow, 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 wow. I didn't know we were in a gout competition I, here. I've had gout. gout, or I have what I believe was gout in the in the yeah. in the joint of my toe. And yeah, it's painful exactly. and it's swollen and it's red. And you're like, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My ass shakes a little when I walk is your description Listen, of what I was what. as surprised as anybody to find out I had gout. Not okay. really because I eat all the things you shouldn't eat when you have gout, but I was surprised because I was like, I've never had that pain. And he said, well, consider yourself lucky because once that crystallizing happens, it's not going away. Have you, have you measured your uric acid? That's, that's what was measured. My yeah. uric acid okay. was very high. So he said, I have gout. Dr. Asif Doja says a high measuring of uric acid okay. does not equal gout. Gout, he said in his medical opinion, means you've had those flare-ups, that crystallization. And Dr. Timpano is saying this. If your uric acid is darker than the color of Pinot Grigio, then you have gout. I think I have gout. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the color of uric acid, buddy. But I, uh, yeah, I do okay. know that I'm looking for a substitute for beer. Sure. And I think this is great. And I think uh, as the wa- as the weather warms up, I think the uh, the old bucket of ice will be in the backyard, and and there'll be uh, some be Pinot Grigio in it. And uh, I thought I was going to get healthier, but of course you have to end on, it's a great compliment to French fries. And of course I will obviously have to have French fries. You got to test that theory. Let us know on this podcast when you've had it, if it works. I'll I'll definitely let you know, buddy. You can count on me to give you my opinion about French fries in any way whatsoever. You know what? Way way to derail a very healthy podcast. Mm. We started talking about salads and salad dressing and sticking it to the man, the salad dressing man. Kick that mu- kick that bastard to the curb. You yes. don't need him in your life. Um, make your own if you don't already. If you make delicious salad dressings, do tell me about it. Right as I as I, I you know I didn't get into this, but sometimes I'll sub out the Dijon mustard for some tahini. It's a whole different flavor. Fantastic. Sometimes I'll add a little bit of maple syrup, a little bit of sweetness. Honey, Honey is great in there. Mm. Uh, if you have beets in your salad, you know, there's a sweetness in the beets, a bit of a sweetness in your, in your uh, salad dressing or some blueberries or something you want to, maybe you add some sweetness, but, um, listen, I could go on about salad dressings. I, I narrowed it down to my three favorite Beautiful. sort of things, yep. the, the basic, 
the elevated with the Niçoise and then a Picles. But if you've got favorites, uh, let us know about it. And your favorite summertime drink for sure that uh, that might go with salads. That might that might be a good substitute for beer. Let uh, us know, uh, but definitely let me know. I have got to stop drinking beer. There you go. And send us your remedies for gout or what could be perceived (laughs) as gout, and we'll pass them along to Ali. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, my friend, you know, excited to uh, share some space on uh, on a patio and sip some Pinot Grigio with you very soon. The weather is about to permit it Mm -hmm. for us here in Toronto. As we're recording this just a few days ago, Montreal and Ottawa, I mean, freezing rain, horrible storm, million people lost power. So when you live in Canada, you can't really say winter is over until you get that first sunburn. And for Marco, uh, that's, that happens at about 17 degrees Celsius and that's not too far away. No, it's not too far in the next week or two. It should happen. Uh, buddy, great chatting with you. Likewise. Um, eat a salad. I will enjoy your life. Stay away from gout. Do my best. Listeners. Thank you so much. We're always happy to hear from you. Tell people where they can reach out to us. You can always reach out to us on social media. This podcast is delicious. Type it in there uh, or send us an email at this podcast is delicious at gmail.com. We won't read it, but eventually it'll hit our eyes and maybe we'll we'll respond to it. We'll we'll read it. We'll read it. We'll read it. What he's saying is there was one thing on Instagram I didn't read. It it skipped my eyes somehow. Then I went back and I I responded to it. Everything's going to be fine. Don't worry. I'm going to never ignore any of our listeners. Marco Timpano, beautiful chatting with you. I'm Ali Hassan. Until we eat and drink again. 